new things on the fly, you know, I'm kind of doing that and I apologize about being a little bit late there. Uh, I'd like to welcome everybody back to Alabama Care. Today we are in Talladega and we have Mr. Doug Marshall, the president of the Presbyterian Home for Children, Mr. Dante Little, the director of Talladega Regional Center for the Alabama Institute of the, for the Deaf and Blind. And we also have Miss Barbara Price, who is a consumer here at the Union Village. And today we're going to be talking about the Union Village and housing for the deaf and blind community. At this point, I'd like to hand it over. Mr. Marshall, if you would introduce yourself. Absolutely. Alex, um, I'm Doug Marshall, President and CEO of the Presbyterian Home for Children. Um, welcome you and your team um, and Alabama Care and your viewers to Union Village community here in Talladega. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Uh, Mr. Little, if you would introduce yourself. Absolutely. Um, as you said, my name is Dante Little and I work at the Alabama Institute for Deaf and Blind. Um, I'm glad to be here and glad to uh, share a little bit about what we do here. Well, thank you for having us as well. And Mrs. Price, if you would introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Barbara, Barbara Price. This is my sign name and I am deafblind. Thank you for that introduction and thank you for being with us today. Um, so I'd like to ask for anyone that's unfamiliar with the Union Village, Mr. Marshall, if you could give an overview and an introduction. Sure, so Alex, um, we, again, we're at Union Village in, inside Talladega and the Union Village community is a permanent supportive housing community. It is on the grounds of the Presbyterian Home for Children. Uh, we have a, a separate entrance, a, a separate uh, safe, secure area, but this is permanent supportive housing um, that was started back in 2017. And it reflects a partnership with our friends, our neighbors, um, the Alabama Institute for Deaf and Blind. And so we at the Presbyterian Home for Children own these facilities with AID providing full program wraparound supports to help enable our residents to uh, live independently. Yeah, and I love the way that you say permanent housing there because housing is such a big thing. Um, and to feel that uh, safety of your own home and the longevity that you're always going to have that place, but also coupling that with the services that individuals need and that are available through AIDB. Mr. Little, if you could talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. Uh, the Alabama Institute for Deaf and Blind, our motto is to be deaf, blind, and limitless. Our goal is to provide our consumers with a, a number of different services, be it case management, transportation, um, social outings, uh, and then as you see here today, we have our interpreting services working as a team. Um, you may notice that we have what's called our support service provider here working with Ms. Price. Uh, Deborah Price is deafblind and uh, Ms. Debbie Thomas is one of our um, case management aides and also serving as a um, SSP which helps facilitate communication. Also in the room we have an interpreter that's providing information um, to Miss Debbie and Miss Price. Um, Debbie also is deaf herself, but 
Um, these are the type of services that we do. We want to level the playing field and provide accessibility to all of our communities, be it deaf, be it blind, be it deaf blind, i.e. that's why we support people being limitless. I love the, the word limitless there. And when you're bringing together two very important aspects of living, living limitless um, and having you know, your own goals and your own individual lifestyle there, you have housing, which you need for your security uh, to go home and rest your head on, but you also need those services to function in the community. And I feel like as an individual, I, those would be the two biggest questions when I'm looking for housing for myself, if I had those challenges. So for you guys to come together, recognize that and provide the opportunity um, here in Talladega is, uh, is mind-boggling. You guys are really doing some really cool things here. Um, Mrs. Price, I'd like to ask, um, as a consumer at Union Village, uh, I'd like to take a little bit of a step back, but if you could speak about your experience at AIDB. So I moved here from Birmingham and I love the transportation services. I love being able to socialize with my uh, fellow housemates. And you know, my case manager helps me when I need it. It's fantastic. I mean, and that's all, it's great. <laughs> I'm gonna dig in a little bit more. You're not getting off that easy. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, what age did you move um, to Talladega? around 30 31 when I moved here and did you originally move here for AIDB or did you originally move here for Union Village yes uh, actually I moved here for Gentry first Gentry the school first mm -hmm. I moved here to go to school I went there for school to uh, school there for two years excuse me and then when I graduated, I transferred over to AIDB. And then I moved here for, uh, to Union Village for independence. Um, so you got really in the, the funnel there. If you could talk a little bit about the difference from uh, maybe traditional schools in Birmingham to the support that you've gotten here in Talladega. I'm sorry, the interpreter was asking for a clarification. So when Barbara Price lived in Birmingham, she was frustrated because she got no support and no help. And then when she moved here, she got support and help. She had a lot of support and a lot of help. Um, so really getting into that system made a big difference for you. Um, what do you like most about the Union Village? Yeah, she said yes, it was a big difference. Um, I love the transportation services and being able to socialize with my fellow housemates. Um, now you mentioned, uh, you know, friends and housemates at the Union Village. What does that look like? How many housemates do you have?
I, two, two, two housemates. It's always nice being around friends like that, uh, coming home to a very nice, um, you know, people that you're living with. So I'd like to ask a little bit about your employment and work. Um, are you currently working? Uh, where do you work and what do you do? So I work at AIB, which is the Alabama Institute for the Deaf. I've been working there. I'm sorry, Alabama Institute for the Blind. I've been working there for three years. And what exactly do you do there? I make military ties. Oh, military ties. Oh, that's pretty cool. So it, it's a, um, a contract with the United States military um, for professional ties in their suits. Yeah, yeah. And how do you like everybody that you work with? What is the work environment like? Yeah, I like them sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, you mentioned that one of the, the most things that you like here about the Union Village is the transportation. Um, so if you could talk a little bit about the transportation, is transportation provided to your place of employment, um, also into the community and outings? And is there like a bus schedule that you need to be familiar with? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Transportation is provided. Um, so the bus picks us up uh, about seven o'clock in the morning. It drives us, and uh, I'm sorry, hold on. Picks us up here at Union Village about 7.45, 7.50, and takes us to work. We get there and we get off. Uh, when, we get by, when we get off work, they bring us back home. And Debbie's now asking her the second question about you know, community outings. Mm -hmm. Debbie and Barbara saying yes. So like after work, you know, transportation to like Walmart or any restaurants or anything like that. Yeah, I get transportation to those as well. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Transportation is a big topic in the community. Um, and as we kind of uh, round out the conversation here, Mrs. Price, uh, <coughs> what would you like to tell someone who's thinking about moving to the Union Village? Just yes. Oh, you gotta you gotta hype it up a little bit more than that. I love living here. I am so glad that I decided to move here. Well, I can see the um, the enthusiasm that you have for it, and the difference that you're talking about being here in Talladega has has had a positive impact on, uh, for yourself. And I just want to say thank you very much for sharing um, some of your morning here with us and introducing us to. Uh, what it what it looks like uh, being a consumer here at the Union Village. You're welcome. Awesome. Uh, well, we're going to go ahead and transition to the video for the audience right now. Um, if you'd like to thank Mrs. Price for being here with us, go ahead and do so in the chat. Um, and then we're going to pull up some B-roll video that we made over the last few days and kind of so you guys can see what the Union Village looks like. And it's not all just us talking here. And we're gonna give that a second. And you guys are free to leave if you'd like. All right, thank you. Okay, cool. 
And I'm going to go ahead and, and sit by you guys. And we're going to look at this video here, and Clifton's going to pause it as we go. You can just keep that there. Okay, so we're located. Give us a second. Always on the fly technology. We'll go ahead and put that camera on me, Noah. And I haven't even looked at the Facebook chat yet, so I apologize, guys. I need to pull this up on the screen. And I will be able to see all the comments at that point. Um, but a little bit of background before we get to the video. So um, currently, there are how many potential residents at the Union Village? So currently, I believe we have 34 residents. Mm -hmm. Is that correct, Dante? I believe that's correct. Yes, sir. We're constantly growing. <laughs> and um, how many buildings is that split between? All right, so Union Village is, is made up of, um, we have five large cottages and we're in one right now. This is the historic president's home um, where we have residents. So we have five large cottages, large homes where people live together, uh, share kitchen, etc. And then we have four existing tiny homes. Um, and then we're in the process of building more. Yeah. So we had an opportunity to view some of those tiny homes. Um, how's that video looking? It's not working, not pulling up for you there. Well then, we're going to transition to the questions that we have outlined, and when that gets working, we'll go back to it. Okay, sure. Sound good? Let me get my microphone back in here. So we did an introduction to the Union Village. I'd like to ask, why are each of you passionate about this project? Mr. Marshall, if you could start off. I'm passionate in, in representing the Presbyterian Home for Children, and we are a faith-based organization, and you know, our core ministry uh, now in 154 years of serving children at risk and homeless. Um, but what we found ourselves in a situation of being able to solve a big problem, and that is housing with full wraparound program supports for the blind and deaf and deaf blind by partnering again with our neighbors, our friends, AIDB. And so um, I'm the most excited because together we're able to do something that we could not do separately. Mm. And we work side by side, AIDB staff are on our campus every day. Um, and so uh, one of our, I guess our first resident uh, refers to Union Village as the next other than heaven is the best place the next on best earth place. <laughs> and so you know to to be able to provide that support uh safe secure uh affordable housing uh, for those precious individual adults um where the cash flows come back affordable to them but they come back to help us take care of children um you know that's part of what helps get me up every day yeah and it is very affordable and we'll talk a little bit about that later but it keeps it the services going uh for part of the community here in talladega now is this the first major partnership between the presbyterian home for children and aidb i believe it i believe it is i mean yeah, this started in 2017. yeah uh we you know aidb came to talladega before we did but you know very historic institutions but in 2017 the concept of Union Village started, um, and my predecessor, 
um, uh, Mark Howard, uh, president. Um, so he came here and had the idea of, of creating this really special place uh, for uh, these residents. We had the, the, the capacity and so he approached uh, Dr. John Massey at AIDB. So, you know, that vision, that energy came together. And then uh, Mark moved back to the Midwest to be close to grandchildren. And I came on board um, and we began. The first part of this was filling up four large cottages. Mm -hmm. Started in 17. Then we added the president's home. Uh, so now this this is being used just like the other four cottages. Yeah, and then we begin to um, we have uh, this ultimate master plan of 42 tiny homes um, that we're very excited about. Um, we've built four. We're about to build. Uh, we're breaking ground on two more, actually next week. Okay. Um, and this is where, you know, we started together working with AIDB. Then we've had those from uh, the uh, public sector and, and corporations and foundations and so forth. And so the last two that were built um, uh, were subsidized with grants from IPC Foundation and the Daniel Foundation of Alabama. Mm -hmm. So now we're about to build two more that are going to be, we wouldn't be able to do them without a grant from the Regents Foundation and now the city of Talladega. There's now more on the way, but this, this entire Union Village concept in, is, it's where we take these five large cottages with the tiny homes together it's one big union village you guys are creating a community out we're, here we're, very... we're, we're creating community so so we're the owners at the Presbyterian home for children so we create the community but we can't create the community and and continue the community day by day without uh dante and his team at aidb yeah um and very accessible community very inclusive community um and i I really like how you pointed out that, you know, I feel like I've had conversations in the community before where it's parents that are wanting to build an inclusive community for their sons and daughters. Um, and they feel like it has to be this huge, massive project, you know, $20 million right off the bat. Um, but there are grants out there that you can get hooked into that will allow you to kind of start small and bootstrap and continue building as the success of what you're doing grows. Right. Uh, and I think that's a very crucial point to it. You don't have to go all in and have that huge upfront cost. You should be testing it throughout uh, and kind of bootstrapping that there. And you guys have, you know, the, the bigger cottages now. You've built four of the tiny homes. Now you're breaking ground and in the future you're going to continue building. But it didn't start out with building 42 small homes. It didn't. Yeah. Um, Mr. Little, I'd like to ask, why are you passionate about this project? Well, um, my passion really comes from, um, it, it meshes well with what AIDB means, uh, what it stands for. Um, I'm an Alabama School for the Blind graduate. I graduated from my alma mater, AIDB, in 2004. Um, and then I came back and uh, worked in the school system, worked at the Alabama School for the Blind, had some time there. And, um, and then God blessed me with an opportunity to serve as the director of the Talladega Regional Center. Throughout that entire transition from student 
to teacher and to administration, I've always noticed a need for safe, uh, accessible and affordable housing, especially for uh, my friends, you know, people who went to school with me, people who graduated, people who lived in this community, just having safe, safe, affordable and accessible housing has always been an issue. And so when we had this opportunity to partner with the Presbyterian Home for Children, it, it felt, it, it, I mean, it just meshed very well into um, AIDB's mission of being deaf, blind and limitless, um, uh, providing superior services and um, programs to improve the lives of others. So it is, I would say it's almost like a God thing for me because it fits right into what, um, what we want to do and how it impacts my community you know, um, a lot of the people who live here are individuals that either A, I taught, or B, that, um, that went to school with me, or C, um, just, uh, who are just part of this deaf and blind community. So it, it fits very well into what AIDB means. Now, could you give a little backstory about your experience, what age you first started going to AIDB, uh, and kind of what that impact has had on you personally? Absolutely. Um, I'm originally from Chambers County, Alabama. Um, my family moved here in 1992 so I could attend school at the Alabama School for the Blind. Um, just like Barbara Price said, you know, sometimes when you live in a city that doesn't understand visual impairments or doesn't understand accessibility, um, it, it's a little bit challenging. So coming to Talladega meant the world to me and my family. Um, it really helped level the playing field. AIDB did exactly that. Uh, I was able to, like Barbara said, I was able to be a part of a community with someone who looked like me, someone who had the same disabilities or challenges that I have. Um, it really leveled the playing field and improved my life. Um, from there, um, I thank God for all the, the teachers, the technology, the, uh, the supports, the um, just, it, it really was a great experience for me. And, it, um, and I'm here today, thankfully, um, to God and, and for AIDB, just helping, um, helping to improve my life. And so I feel as if AIDB did that for me, it is now my opportunity to give back and help someone else have a life uh, without limits. Yeah, to give back to the community that helped you through that process. And you mentioned level the playing field a few times there. Um, but from what I understand, what I gather is, you know, going to AIDB and being involved in those services is really giving you the tools to navigate um, what you want your life to be there uh, and kind of giving you a leg up uh, to compete. Um, you know, because there, you, there may be extra tools that you had to learn along the way. Absolutely. So I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, uh, there's two words. There's uh, equity and equality. Um, when you imagine, for example, imagine um, equality would mean that everybody received the exact same things, okay, regardless of your, you know, imagine you got three little boys and um, you've got one that's tall, one that's short, and one that's medium height, and they're trying to look over a fence and watch a football field or watch a baseball game. If you give all three the same box, that's equality, right? Well, that doesn't help the little boy that's real short. The other two are fine. That's equality. Uh, equity would be to distribute those boxes in such a way that everybody is able to look over the fence. Yeah. That's what AIDB does. It provides um, equity. Uh, as with Barbara, we gave her equal access. She's getting more supports than most of us. She has an SSP. We have an interpreter. She's getting more services so that she has the same access as you and I. That's what AIDB does. I feel like we're going, we want to put that audio over that picture that you just said, because I've seen that picture and post it as a reel on our Instagram. <laughs> that would be perfect. <laughs>
Um, so it looks like we do have the, the video up and running. So I'm gonna go ahead and swoop around by you guys and we're gonna go through this so the audience can see. That way they can get a visual representation of everything that the Union Village is. And Clifton, just give him a second there. I'm gonna pull up a chair right next to you, Mr. Little. I showered this morning, I promise. <laughs> There we go. Okay, so now we're looking at the cross streets um, that the Union Village is located. And we will go ahead and start that video. And there we go. Meet the v Union Village at Talladega. So we're gonna show a little bit of the cross streets here. And actually, yeah, right behind that. So there's your introduction when entering the village. You'll make sure you're at the right place. And you can see, and we'll go ahead and pause it right there for a second. Uh, you can see in the bottom left that it had the uh, the partners for the Union Village, um, the Presbyterian Home for Children on the bottom left, and the Alabama Institute for the Deaf and Blind on the bottom right. Um, okay, now the next clip that you're going to see is entering the Union Village, and we'll pause it right there. Mm -hmm. And so these are, tell us a little bit about this. What are we looking at? Okay, so um, Alex, you're looking at four of our tiny homes that we built starting in 2019. And so each of those tiny homes um, have been built working with, uh, with AIDB to ensure that we provided um, access and, and, and all the assistance and accommodations that they would need um, in that type of tiny home given um, the disability. Um, so uh, they were brand new you know, from ground up um, and so those four tiny homes are, are part of phase two, phase one being the larger cottages that we talked about, yep. um, shared space. So uh, phase two are 16 tiny homes. So we got four there, 12 more to go, already moving down that path quickly. And they're gonna be to the right of what we're looking at now. Um, they will be, um, imagine, um, You've got two duplexes there, and then imagine a, a duplex back behind it, and then uh, or two duplexes, and then two duplexes on both sides. So you have a, uh, a inside courtyard, mm -hmm. yeah. so that you know picnic table and sidewalks, and you know you know what we're trying to do is um, further build community. Yeah, and so and so those kind of maybe pods, so to speak. Uh, of eight yep. are going to uh, ultimately populate um, that entire um, space. So uh, 16 tiny homes, phase two, and then after that, another 24 um, for a total of 42 tiny homes. That's the master plan. Yeah, that, that's quite a bit. We'll go ahead with the video because I think I really like for, yep. So here's an entrance. Um, into one of the tiny homes. You can see uh, Clifton is standing in the door filming here. It's very spacious on the inside. Uh, very easy to get around. And here you have your kitchen when you first walk in, kind of your, your, your living room with your TV. And then here we're gonna, there's the bedroom. Very accessible, getting in and out. Unfortunately, this guy's an Alabama fan. <laughs> <laughs> We don't agree on everything. <laughs> Dante is an Auburn fan, and I'm an Alabama fan, but uh, we're great friends. Um, but, yeah, we're very 
go back to that bathroom there. Uh, we usually ask during the beginning, um, you know, who's your, your sports team, but we had quite a few guests. <laughs> I, so I want to point out here in the bathroom, that, that sink, um, can you get right up under that sink? I think so. Yes. Like as a wheelchair? Yes. The, all of our units are um, wheelchair accessible and they have what's called a zero entrance. So there's no step into it. And then even the, the whole layout is uh, made for anyone who has vision or hearing loss or um, they, they're all ADA compliant. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. Everything in that house is ADA compliant. The, um, the, the walkways are wide enough for a wheelchair. The sinks are able to roll right underneath them. Um, even there's a zero entrance on the showers. So if you were in a wheelchair or some type of um, shower chair that you need to easily access out of it, um, that, that's, that's one of the great features of our tiny homes. Yeah, so th that's really the thinking from the ground up. Before you break ground, you're thinking ADA compliant, very accessible in designing. Absolutely. So we were working with uh, Amanda Loper with David Baker Architects located in San Francisco and in Birmingham. And so these were, you know, these are totally designed uh, for, for the residents that are coming here. Yeah. Um, and so, but in addition to all of the accommodations that need to be made, and again, when we were designing this and the architect was doing that we were talking to aidb this is their world yeah so you know how how can we best build these to uh, accomplish the goal now in addition they're really attractive pretty uh, these floors are uh finished concrete where they're you know they do the painting and and everything so they're really beautiful floors but they're easy to clean yeah um and so oh, gosh, uh, I love that. you know <laughs> i think really all of us if we wanted to kind of uh, go minimal yeah. would be totally fine to live in in one of these homes. Oh, for sure. Let's keep going on the uh, the video here. I want everybody to get the full experience of, you know, it's one thing to be talking about it and the philosophy behind it and the drive and the partners, but be able to kind of see inside what a tiny home looks like here at the Union Village. Yeah, I think they need to even that out. Maybe put some War Eagle in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I was a little scared he was going to wear orange and blue today. Now. <laughs> yeah, he's going to wear orange, orange button, though. Um, there's the kitchen once again. And then we have a few clips that we want to talk about, just some added uh, features here. So what are we looking at right there? It looks like a doorbell. Yeah, so this doorbell here is, um, like I said, all of our cottages are, are mixed with um, deaf, blind, and deaf blind living in, in all the cottages. Um, the cottage that we're currently in is Northington, and it actually had the largest population of deaf individuals because we want to make sure you know people live in a in a place where they feel like they're with friends. But that particular um, image that we're looking at, uh, the doorbell, um, is an accessible doorbell. Once you push it, it uh, not only rings but it also has a flashing light, um, and it flashes throughout the whole house. So if someone who is deaf, they may not hear the uh the doorbell but they could actually see the flashing light and say oh okay somebody's at the door so that's a feature that we added here um to our different cottages yeah so the, that that's in pretty much all the cottages that's correct absolutely yeah and we, you're right now you're looking at um gabby cottage is one of our larger cottages and, and more newer cottages um so you know that's where you've got um you'll have a uh, 
single bedroom. Mm -hmm. You have a single bedroom and a bath. Yeah. Um, and and then those, obviously those with single bedroom, there's a shared um, bathroom, and then there's you got the kitchen, you got the kind of formal room to come in, and then a place for dining room, TV, you know, one kind of, big shared area. It reminds me of like a fraternity or sorority a little bit, where you have it that does. community living, you yeah. have your own quarters, like your own bedroom, sometimes your own bathroom, but there is that community space where Absolutely. you can get the vibe you know, with your housemates. Absolutely. I miss that sometimes. I lived in the wrestling house. I miss <laughs> that. <laughs> we play a little bit of foosball in there. Whatever. Oh, yeah. Do you guys have any, like, um, billiards or, or anything like that? We do have an activity room, and we've got um, foosball, and then we've got some exercise bikes, and we have also have some outdoor activities. We have basketball, and it's crazy that you think, oh, blind people play basketball? That was one of the um, asks is like, hey, can we get a basketball court? So we have a, a court outside and some different activities to keep our folks engaged. Yeah, well, being physically active is so important, it I is. think, to a long life. And, you know, having that competition in team sports and kind of bumping off each other. Okay, let's go back to the video because I wouldn't have thought of that. Like if I'm designing a house, I wouldn't have thought about putting those lights in there. That's why it's so important working with AIDB. Uh, okay, so we've got the doorbell there. And this is Gabby Carter, as you mentioned. Gabby Cottage. Gabby Cottage. I apologize. Um, yeah, go ahead. Talk so about this, uh, one thing that we're going to talk about is that all throughout Union Village, we have um, Braille. Um, if you've ever gone into a hotel room or anywhere else in the public, you'll see these little dots. And um, that is Braille. And so we have, uh, I don't know if you can really tell, but if you look towards the bottom of it, you'll see it's raised dots at the bottom of that sign um, this is the laundry room but not only is it raised dots which is braille but those signs are also uh tactile i believe that's our tactile sign that you can actually feel the words on it i believe that is so it's like the letters themselves are raised yes the letters are raised and then there's braille um and i'm trying to look and squint but i believe that is the one with raised letters and okay it is it's got raised letters and the braille on it yep so yeah so i mean that's really important i, I imagine once you kind of uh, orient yourself with the house after a few weeks you, you kind of know how many feet down to the left the laundry room will be but getting oriented you yeah. need to be able to read those those signs yeah and here we have uh which is the kitchen area of the gabby cottage once again very open it looks really new it looks like you guys just redid that place actually we did um a couple of years ago we did a big renovation of gabby um and so that's beautiful kitchen that's obviously shared space and you know they can uh, they can cook on their own or, or come together and cook a dinner to you know together. what do you notice that they usually do is it usually community cooking or more individual i would say um gabby cottage um is probably our most involved cottage um, we have a couple of folks who love to cook and so they do have a lot of community style meals um like barbara said a lot of them will go to walmart and go shopping they'll have spaghetti tonight and then one guy's like oh well, hey i'll cook spaghetti tonight or i'll barbecue or i'll or i'll cook a sunday dinner with you know collard greens and black-eyed peas and baked chicken so uh community meals is is definitely a big piece of the gabby cottage that, that sounds like a place i want to be oh yeah <laughs> i mean the big you know this uh, another big part of this whole union village community concept yes we're here clearly AIDB is here with their expertise and programs but we in addition to our partners who've helped fund these tiny homes 
what we've also enabled is the community so that the residents are helping each other. Yeah. And I, you know, I shared this earlier with you, Alex, when you came and, and um, did an interview with me at the Presbyterian Home for Children, as we had, it was a big, uh, we had a big dinner and I guess a town hall meeting, so to speak. And after it was over, there was a um, young lady that was blind, I'm sorry, that was deaf, and had a young man that was blind and had his hand on her shoulder and she was just kind of navigating through the village back to his place and like here you go see you tomorrow at work yeah and so it's like we're able to help um it, we're we're enabling them to help th help each other. Yeah, you guys are like creating right. a little bit of the structure and the opportunity there, so that you don't have to think about uh, or stress about you know where am I living or what does that look like, and it creates the opportunity for this community to have a little bit more free time uh, and play and fun uh, with friends and create those connections that are important for everybody. I mean, it's it's so important. Yeah. Um, but to take away some of those maybe challenges and pain points of finding affordable housing, finding places that are accommodating, that their services can still be delivered to, uh, just taking away all that stress and fear is a really big part of it. You know, and so AADB has a full-time residential manager here at Union Village, um, part-time nurse. Mm -hmm. We have, a, we, we co-fund a, a full-time maintenance custodian um, person and so to keep everything nice and, and fixed and all of that um and of course you know dante and his team at the regional center they're serving these same type of individuals throughout this community and beyond but it has to make be easier to have residents in one place yeah. to be able to, to to give them even more yeah and close by um, let's go ahead and finish off that video there. Um, I think we have a few more shots. Let me just see. Okay, so there we're uh, at the new kitchen. Uh, pause it there right there. So uh, which house is the, are we looking at there? Kind of putting you on the spot. Okay, so, yeah, that should be the front of Gabby. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So there you can see this is one of the original buildings here. It's not one of the new tiny homes. Right. Um, but they're expanding on this. And we can keep going there. So how many people live in Gabby? Uh, in Gabby, we have eight rooms, um, and that cottage has the most with um, private baths. Um, different cottages have private baths and shared baths, back to, like you said, in the college dorm. Mm -hmm. But this one is uh, the creme de la creme. Okay, so if you're thinking about moving here and there's an opening, you want to go to Gabby. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, and there you can see uh, kind of the entrance and exit. There you have Gabby on the left, and then you have the tiny homes on the right. Uh, so you can kind of get a feel for it. Hey, I want to mention Go that ahead. too. Um, uh, going back to that last video, you'll see that's the AIDB security truck rolling through. Um, that's a really big part of our um, of our services here is to provide safe, accessible, and secure housing. Um, we have um, for family members who who move here and have individuals. We have um, our security team as well as our. Um, we partner, AIDB has partnered with the um, Tada County Sheriff's Department and they come through and they patrol and provide that security because that's a big thing right now is that you want to feel like you are safe. And so this is a, a great opportunity you, for us. You bring that up. When we were setting up before, I saw a sheriff's car like rolling in and I'm like, well, I wonder if they're coming because there's so many new cars like here at this house. <laughs> I, 
I often tell our team we talk about is that we have so many souls at stake and we take take that very seriously to provide safe and accessible housing mm -hmm. for our community. So having ARDB security as well as local law enforcement that is just driving through here um, really create helps us create that safe, secure environment. Yeah, um, and that's crucial. Everybody deserves to be in that environment. Clifton, I'm gonna put you back on the video, I apologize, but we're gonna go ahead and finish that out here. He's trying to do it at a different angle. A little bit tough, there we go. Um, and so this is part, oh, go ahead. So this is where the new building's gonna be. Right, so where you're seeing the area that, um, uh, mostly we'll dirt, there behind, um, we've already replaced, this is originally was farmland. So we've already, with respect to the, the remaining 12 um, of phase two, so 16 tiny homes, got t uh, four built, 12 to go. We've already replaced all of the dirt um, so we're ready to build on top of that. You guys have already done the land development. Yes, yes. Now it's all to building. All, yeah, we've already uh, worked with building an earth and, and then had, you know, everything's ready to basically, you know, to pour slabs. So that, what we're looking at right now is gonna look totally different in a few years. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're gonna have a significant addition of tiny homes, but in the middle, you're also building a community center where you're gonna be able to have picnics, you're gonna be able to chat with friends outside under umbrellas, maybe a fire pit, do some s'mores, sure. those kinds of things. And in between, back on the, the existing tiny homes that we have, you're gonna you see a shared patio. Um, so that's already a place of community, mm -hmm. you know, where you know, uh, they can come together and um, just in between there. Yeah, you can see a, in between. It's, yeah, it's a shared, you know, where they've got their, kind of um, you know, it feels chairs like out. You could park like a two cars there if you had two side by side. It's quite spacious. It is. Um, and uh, you know, there's opportunity for some gardens out there, uh, stuff like that, maybe growing some tomatoes. Absolutely. Are you guys gonna get into like gardening, huh? We have actually done that. Um, last year we did uh, some raised beds. Um, we've got, um, we partnered with um, Bicentennial of Alabama. We've got, a, I think AIDB got some grant funding and we are able to do some raised beds for uh, tomatoes and some vegetables and we had a lot of great thing and it um, had a lot of produce come up and anybody who gardens, you know that often you'll get more produce than you can eat. Yep. <laughs> so we were constantly trying to give it away and, and get rid of it, but um, just building that sense of community and um, like you said, staying active and staying healthy. We want to expand that. Yeah, yeah really I think that's so important. I don't have a garden right now and I want one so bad. <laughs> I don't necessarily want to do all the work in and out and picking out the weeds but I want to eat the fresh fruit of the land. Um, so that's We're something. Have extra. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have to come back out monthly. It'd be like, a, you guys should do like a farmer's market. Just, <laughs> yeah, kind of, that kind of thing. Um, so, you know, we know that there's going to be some openings in the future with the construction going on. Currently, if somebody's wanting to get into the Union Village, is there an opening? Uh, we do have some openings. Um, like Doug said, we're almost at our full capacity, um, but we do have openings and uh, uh, part of that process uh, involves just, um, AIDB has 10 regional centers across the state. So this is not just for Talladega folk. This is for anybody. Um, and obviously Alabama, uh, Alabama citizens get first dibs, you know, but, uh, but AIDB has 10 regional centers across the state of Alabama. And so if you know of anyone who's deaf, blind, or deaf, blind, 
or someone with a disability that is um, needing um, this type of environment, they can reach out to any one of those 10 regional centers. Um, and then we have a new campus that's built in um, North Alabama, we're calling the AIDB North, it, it's in Decatur. But um, that process is you, you talk to a case manager, fill out an application, that application will then be reviewed by a committee and um, based on that information, um, a little bit about the criteria yep. uh, to, to come here, you must uh, obviously have a disability, have a qualifying disability. Um, you have got to be able to, um, to live independently, um, i.e. being physically, mentally, uh, financially, and um, all those aspects of being able to live on your own. Uh, with limited to no supports. Like I said, we do provide supports, but sometimes you have individuals whose needs exceeds what this program can provide. Uh, and we acknowledge that, but we want to try to make sure we're setting people up for success and not failure. Mm. So, um, and then you also have to be the age of 19. So those are kind of the basic criterions to be a part of Union Village. Now, do you have to go through AIDB to be eligible? Um, Yes, you do. You, you've got to work with our AIDB case managers. They'll take your information in. Um, because AIDB is a state agency, we get referrals from everywhere. Um, like, for example, um, the home actually had someone contact them about Union Village, and then they referred us to AIDB. And, you know, AIDB opens up a case on them. So you don't have to currently be a consumer of AIDB, but you have to go through AIDB because we do have that process of making sure that it is a good fit for, you know, for, for all of our consumers. And with it being permanent supportive housing, that totally involves the full wraparound program supports, which are being provided by AIDB. So this is not just a place to rent. Yeah. Um, so uh, totally designed to be permanent supportive housing community. And then, um, you know, we, we partner with them, but we look to them, you know, ADB is running the program. Yeah. The just daily like, operations. Right. Just like we run the programs for children and uh, youth and young female adults, families on the other part of the campus, they're running these programs. Well, it would make sense if you're going to be living in that community to be familiar with the services that the operator has and is going to be providing on a daily. So I think I would want, you know, if I was in your guys' situation as well, I'd want somebody to have gone through AIDB and that is familiar with the process, familiar with the organization, has the same values, uh, those types of things. Now, you mentioned that you need to prove that you can live on your own. <clears throat> What does that look like? If someone's thinking, you know, and they're sitting there and they're saying, well, how do I prove to somebody else? Is there like a test I have to sit down and take? Or what does that look like? Well, there's, um, uh, there's all types of ways you can, you can do that. So a little bit about our process and um, documentation is a big thing. Um, one, we, we look at medical records and we wanna make sure that, hey, that you are help, you know, medically, you know, stable. Um, that's a doctor's letter. You know, you, you go to your doctor or, you know, if you are, um, like we have a number of residents, like we provide um, mental health services. Uh, my opinion and the opinion of my team that we've developed over the years is that mental health is just like the glasses that I wear, <laughs> okay? You may wear contacts. So anyone who receives mental health services is no different than anyone else who needs contacts or glasses to see. So, um, but we wanna make sure that that person has the supports that they need. So sometimes that may be a, a, a letter from your counselor saying, oh yes, you know, so-and-so's in my care. Uh, another part of that is to do a tour. Um, when you tour here with A 
AIDB, it gives us an opportunity to, you know, make sure that, you know, uh, physically we have an assessment that we do. We, we walk the pro property. Um, sometimes you'll come in and we'll show you the, the kitchen. We'll show you the, uh, the refrigerators, you know, just a, um, just a basic assessment to see that you are able to, to, you know, handle and perform activities of daily living with limited to no support. So a lot of it is, is, is documentation, but also involves some, uh, some assessments, some on-site assessments. Yeah. Alex, I had a, I want Dante to answer a question. Oh, it's not gonna be a hard one. Um, but we did a survey, and, but it was conducted through AIDB because we were trying to gauge the demand in the state for this concept of Union Village. So Dante, you just kind of talk about you know, what you guys did and in, in the results. Um, because again, this question. is beyond Ta Talladega and oh, there's yeah. a bigger need, there's, there's a big need across the state. Oh yeah, so what we did was that, that survey was a statewide survey working with all, at the time it was eight regional centers. Um, we got two in the last couple of years, but um, what we did is that we sent that survey out statewide and based on that feedback, it showed that a lot of our consumers definitely have a need for housing because a lot of individuals who have disabilities, um, they are, um, some of them are underemployed or they're only living off of government benefits for whatever reason. Um, but, you know, it, it showed that a lot of people are really needing these type of supports. Uh, there was a great interest in transportation. There was a great interest in socialization. Um, I, I can't remember the exact numbers. It was 94%. Okay. 94% <laughs> yeah. of, yeah. of the sur those surveyed said, if you build this tiny home community, we'll come. we will come. Yeah. I imagine your waiting list is going to be through the roof and people come, want to come here. And then I imagine you guys opening up other union villages out maybe in Birmingham, maybe in Huntsville. Well, is that I, I, I can tell you the idea, the concept that, um, that started from, from then and even now with Doug, um, the idea is to replicate this program. AIDB, this location serves somewhat of a pilot program. Yeah. And once we get this right and it grows, then the goal is to replicate it in other parts of the state because honestly, uh, people love to live in a place of community. Um, it is, it's unfortunate, but um, this is the only program like this in the United States mm. um, where you have deaf, blind, and deaf blind all living together in tiny homes. Now, there are other pockets of um, skilled nursing programs, but so far as this level of independence where you have a tiny home community, we're the only one in the nation that has that, that I'm aware of, and I've looked. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think the goal is to definitely get it right here in Talladega and then replicate it across the state. Um, and we're looking for partners who can help us do that. Yeah. And um, so one of those partners, hopefully <laughs> we'd start <laughs> off with us. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> honestly now, you know. Oh, yeah. No, but, but you're right, Dante. I mean, you know, we, we have something really special here and it's special because of the partnership between the two organizations. But, you know, we would love to be able to take this same model and, you know, may go to Decatur or, or where, where, you know, where the need is and where it would work for, for both AIDB and the home yeah. um, and, and replicate it. And I see from a provider standpoint, I have a family member who receives services, is in a provider. 
Um, and a lot of the, what we see coming down from the federal and the state level is more individualized services, individuals living in their own homes, mm -hmm. uh, maybe with their family, but not going necessarily to like a bigger group home kind of thing. Um, and pushing for community inclusion. So I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball. Um, you know, these pockets, the Union Village is really meant for people that are deaf and blind. Um, now, that's not necessarily very inclusive to the broader community. So how does that feel, especially Mr. Little? How do, how do you feel about that? Well, um, I would say that first and foremost, um, individuals with vision and hearing loss is what you call a low incidence population, which means it is a very small population of individuals. Um, and often when you have a low incidence population, uh, there's not a lot of services that's available to it. So for example, um, because it's near and dear to my heart, we need to be sure we're providing that type of support and services. Um, just being honest with you, you know, there are other group homes and programs that are out there for individuals with autism. There are homes for people who, who have uh, disabilities, um, with mental health disabilities. There are homes for individuals who may have um, um, HIV or some other type of um, health disparity. You know, there are all types of groups, but when it comes to a person with vision and hearing loss, that is a very low incidence population. I think it's great for us to focus on that. Um, but we get calls all the time. People say, well, is there a home for CP? Oh, yeah, there's so-and-so. Or you got a person with, um, with cognitive delays. You know, we've got a program here in Talladega, Rainbow Omega. I think they do a great service, but their service doesn't really match what AIDB and the home has going on serving individuals in this unique population. Yeah, and those services are so unique to each individual or, you know, in this community. And I feel like if, you know, you, you let's say you got an apartment um, downtown Birmingham, you may have more access to individuals that don't have those specific challenges, mm -hmm. but you may suffer in that you, you won't receive as good as services for what you need in your supports. Absolutely. Uh, so it's a give and a take there. Um, and I support, you know, uh, you're, you have direct experience um, to be able to speak from that. Absolutely. And one thing I want to say is that what makes us uh, different and Doug touched on it just a little bit is that the team of folks that we have, um, it, it requires, um, it definitely takes a, um, a family to raise a child. And so, um, and I use that only in an analogy, but we have a team of individuals here. Um, we have uh, Tamara Kidd, who's our program supervisor. Um, she has a team of folks um, that, that, that really bring folks together. Then we have Amanda Curry, who's our residential manager. Uh, Doug's already mentioned Jeff Chapel, he's our maintenance technician. And then we've got case managers, Tamara Hardaway, Debbie, who was here, our interpreters, Liz and Amelia. I mean, the list goes on of folks who are committed to helping. It is not just, uh, and these folks are specialists in their field, specialize in deafness or blindness or interpreting um, transportation. These are uh, specialized skills. Yep. That, that's something that you wouldn't get at anywhere else. I mean, everybody on the team can sign. They can communicate through sign language. So if you have somebody who's deaf, you walk up, you just go to talking with them, you're communicating. However, if you were to go to a place that doesn't have that same access, you know, like the flashing doorbell, imagine living in an apartment somewhere and there's a fire or there's something going on. 
I mean, you, and you, you got no way to know until it's too late. It's too yeah, hot. Exactly. The smoke starts coming. So in. that that's what that's what makes us different. Yeah, and I, I was just going to add, you know, um, yeah, and the tone from the top. I mean, you know, the support from Dr. John Massey, president of AIDB, their board, um, and the support we have at the home and our board. I mean, totally committed to this, um, so that we then can proceed to make it happen mm -hmm. and uh, you know I already talked about that we've got their staff on campus but I mean we're on a every Tuesday yeah. morning 10 o'clock was it 10 o'clock 10 o'clock two hour you know so meeting solving problems trying to prevent problems from happening and um, you know but I'd also like to say a, a, a side benefit that has occurred here is that the Presbyterian Home for Children, you know, our staff, our leadership, you know, we're stronger by hanging out with these guys. Yeah. I mean, we are. I mean, we just, just how we get stronger as we work together, but we're stronger because of this organization. Um, and what we also do, um, you know, with respect to children and families. Benefits AIDB as well. It's a... It's a partners working together it just makes sense all the way around Absolutely. you guys are geographically pretty close to each other you guys are very interested and passionate about what you do um so it's almost like if you didn't do it god would be like what are you doing i'm giving you all these opportunities to do this yeah. <laughs> and we have fun together too oh, yeah, absolutely <laughs> um i'd like to talk a little bit about <clears throat> we had mrs price here with us this morning and she was talking about employment and transportation mr little if you could talk about the opportunity to work in the community and uh, some of the transportation that's provided at the Union Village. Absolutely, as Barbara said, um, one for work, AIDB provides transportation to all of its um, employees who are non-drivers. And I wanna put, be very specific on that, non-drivers, because you can have anyone who works at AIDB that due to their disability cannot drive. Cause you may have someone who's, you know, deaf people drive, but you may have a deaf person whose disability um, impedes their ability to drive. So AIDB provides transportation um, locally to and from AIDB work. Um, and then also we provide afternoon uh, transportation uh, to Walmart, to pharmacies. Um, transportation is a huge piece for an individual who is a non-driver, uh, which is primarily people with blind, who are blind or people who are deafblind. But um, that's what we do. We, we're out in the streets. We are, we've got a fleet of vehicles. That, um, that we just provide people those transportation. Um, that's our goal is to get people where they need to go. Now, um, can an individual that's living at the Union Village, can they request like kind of spur of the moment, seven o'clock, I need to go run to Walmart for something? Or is it more like you gotta make sure the day before you're prepared for when that transportation's available? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, um, here at AIDB, our goal is to help prepare people for real life, although we give them supports. Um, if you were living in New York City or you're living in Birmingham, you've got to schedule an Uber. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you can't, I mean, you, if you, you know, you, you might get lucky to stand out and say, oh, yeah, there's an Uber right now. Yeah. You, you got to plan. And so that's part of our thing is to, you know, encourage people to plan. So they do have to request ahead of time. Um, we don't do on the spot transportation, but we do have routes. Um, we have a local bus route um, that like um, our transportation department has established and it, it runs, I believe, at the top of the hour. So you have to plan appropriately and accordingly. 
Yeah, I, I think that's an important part of it because just like you said, uh, anywhere else in the world, nobody's catering to your every whim. You got to plan for this. You got to grow up. You got to be a big person about this. Yeah. Um, and you got to take responsibility for that kind of stuff. Now, this all sounds well and good. Uh, it sounds like paradise here. What does it cost to become a member at the Union Village? All right, so uh, there's going to be different prices, um, and uh, there, we have residents with different budgets. Um, so your single bedroom is going to go from 350 to, is it 400 or 450? Uh, 350 is a starting rate, and okay. then it tops out at 600 with tiny homes. Right, so uh, 350 mm -hmm. um, single bedroom. Mm -hmm. Now, does that include all utilities with that? Right? Oh, yeah. It, this yeah. is a one price. This okay. is going to include... Landscaping. All this is everything. Everything. Okay. All water, electric, all trash. All utilities. And then high-speed internet. We've done a major upgrade here. Mm -hmm. So it's a one-stop shop. Yeah. Um, you're inside the larger cottages. Um, if you had... Um, probably it's a larger bedroom and a private bath that's going to be more in a uh, 500 550 mm -hmm. and then the tiny homes are all at 600. so it's all based on the unit that you like like doug said it's based on the unit and your own budget for example if you're if your finances say well hey i can only afford a 350 dollars room well then that's we've got units that meet that budget if you want a room that's got a, a private bathroom that's 450 well then if your budget meets that then we have that available so we've got different units based on the features and uh and your budget so that's very reasonable for a single room there um kind of an entry so once someone gets a room at the union village let's say they then they start to work a little bit more maybe they want a bigger room is that opportunity available absolutely kind of an upgraded room absolutely. are there any contracts like a 12-month lease so the, the, the great part about this program is that we are uh, we, we definitely want folks to be here all along because we, we love them and we want them to be a part of our family. But we also understand that sometimes people who, um, like Barbara mentioned, who graduate from our adult rehab facility, Gentry, complete that program, they may want to be here until they get um, uh, employed well and get on their feet and you know so forth. Uh, we had one individual, one of our first residents, he moved here, he lived here about two or three years, got great employment, and he got married, and he moved out. Yeah. And that, that's fine. You know, we have no issues with that. Um, but, you know, people can move in and move out. Our agreements are, are, um, are usually month to month. It all depends on the, that person's situation. Now, we don't want folks to come in and just say, okay, well, I'm in here and I'm out. Yeah, I'm going to be here for a week. And yeah, yeah, we, we don't yeah. do that, but we, we want to be, uh, we want to accommodate folks. And as we grow and expand, um, it, it's, it's really a good opportunity for folks. But we're not going to lock like, you know, a typical apartment complex no. where say you're going to be locked in for a year and then all of a sudden life changes and you're going you to Atlanta and months. then you're stuck. No, yeah. absolutely not. Um, yeah. Cool. Uh, I had a question about getting married. Can you be married and live in a tiny home? So here is um, our rationale. Um, we, we do allow individuals. We had one couple before who was married. Who, uh, who lived here and we, you know, it's no problem at all. You, you come in with you and your spouse now. I don't know if you and your spouse wanna, you know, be, be in the, and so they, they came in because they moved from out of town and they were looking to both get employed and once they got employed, they moved to a double unit. Yeah. So it is, yeah, we do have people who, uh, some couples who come in. 
Yeah, I, I think that's a big thing there, open, open to the possibility mm -hmm. of it. Yeah. Uh, just making sure that nobody's getting shunned away. <clears throat> so very reasonable cost of rent. Everything's taken care of. Even the highest is $600, um, and that's your own t uh, home. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah. Now, who takes care of, we'll kind of get to the operations there, and we've mentioned it a few times before, but just to give an overview. So um, if you could tell us the difference about the, the owning and operating versus the operations on the daily side. So uh, Presbyterian Home for Children uh, owns the facilities. Yeah, all, so all of these facilities are, are on the campus of um, of the Presbyterian Home for Children. Again, separate drive. Uh, we've, we have a fence so that we can um, provide this as a really s separate part of, of the campus um, and designate it for Union Village. And it's surrounded by beautiful oak trees, beautiful pecan trees. Um, but uh, so we own it and then we're, we're responsible for you know, the overall upkeep, um, you know, we just built a brand new bathroom, um, ADA compliant, beautiful bathroom in the Jordan Cottage. So that was not, it wasn't cheap. Yeah. Um, um, and so, um, you know, so that, that's on us. Now, we have, because of this partnership, um, AIDB uh, brought to our attention really the need, because we have maintenance staff, but just the need for us to have a full-time person in maintenance at Union Village. And so um, that's a shared cost um, uh, between AIDB and the home so that we can provide even better services um, here um, and then with respect to the, all the programs, those are all, those are all AIDB type costs. Mm -hmm. The way that I'm thinking about it right now is kind of Presbyterian Home is kind of a, a more of a landlord property manager mm -hmm. and AIDB is more a, a nine to five uh, in the, the processes that go on during that time. Well, I, I wouldn't say nine to five there, no, <laughs> no, no, no. And, and but not, I understand your mind, your, your, it, yeah. but, but we, um, you know that that's really what we do here is the, the services like and i think the way you explained it is exactly correct um property management and program management the program piece um like i said there have been many nights that myself or somebody else have been here in the middle of the night because we want to provide a safe and accessible housing um for example when we have storms often um we will, uh, we will evacuate this property. We've got uh, AIDB has right down the street. I mean, it's literally one block away. We have a um, uh, FEMA built storm shelter yeah. that will evacuate the campus and provide you know safe place for folks. But during the storms, you got to have somebody here to you know help evacuate. So there yeah. are many times staff are spending a night here on the couch or we're sleeping in the room with one eye open, you know, watching, <laughs> listening to James Spann, ready ready to evacuate when we need to. off his coat. Yeah, if, if those suspenders, if you see the suspenders coming down, man, you're in trouble. So <laughs> taking that coat off, you're in trouble. But it is um th that's what we that's what we do here and um the, the services are are really important um I'd like to talk a little bit about the uh, success story so we had mr mrs price on uh earlier today now do we also have mr jacob simon is he still with us today yes he's with us would we like to bring him in and Absolutely. just i think that would be great all right and we'll kind of ask him about his success okay let me go be right back. I'm just going to do this work. 
Anybody want to step up and give a, a little singing? Sweet Caroline. <laughs> I can't really sing at all. Mr. Jacob Simon, yes, sir. how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Let how me get that lapel mic. Just one second, sir. Just Thank you. Mr. Simon, I'm going to put a microphone on your shirt. Just one second. That way the internet can hear you. And if you would give us a testing one, too. Just go ahead and say testing one, two to make sure we can hear you. Testing one, two. That's perfect. Thank you very much. So I'd like to thank you for being with us here this morning. And we're talking about the Union Village and everything that's available here at Talladega. Now, are you currently living in the Union Village? Yes, I am. And about how long ago did you move to the Union Village? Two years ago. Okay. Where did you live um, before moving to Talladega? Mobile. Oh, I've got family down in Mobile. My youngest brother went to uh, South Alabama, the Jaguars down there. Oh, my, my daddy graduated from South. Yeah, it's a pretty nice school, but I see you're wearing uh, an Alabama lanyard. So what's up with that? I'm a huge Alabama fan. Oh, I think you got another one in the room with you here. Roll Tide Roll. We're Eagles. <laughs> roll Tide. <laughs> um, now, did you attend AIDB before moving to the Union Village? Yes. And if you could tell me, what was one thing that you really enjoyed about AIDB? I am... Uh, I enjoy working at the industries. Very cool. And I've heard, we haven't been over to AIDB yet, but we want to eventually. Um, and uh, do you live in a tiny home at the Union Village or do you live in one of the bigger cottages? The tiny home. So you have your own home here at the Union Village? Yes, sir. Now, what was the thought process? Why did you want to get a tiny home versus um, a room in one of the bigger cottages? I wanted to be more independent. You wanted your own kind of space? Yes, sir. And were we? did we check out your tiny home today? That was his tiny home that, with all the Alabama. I should have, yeah, yeah. should have remembered. So you guys saw the video. Uh, thank you uh, for letting us tour your home. And... Um, we saw on the video that you had an Alabama uh, bed sheet. Oh, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I was wondering what, what went on because when I came home yesterday, my, I realized my front door wasn't shut all the way. Uh-oh. Well, somebody forgot yeah, to Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, Now, do you... Um, well, if you could talk about maybe some of the other individuals that live at the Union Village here, um, have you made some friends? I have a lot. I made a lot of friends and 
And what's your um, favorite thing to do with your friends here at the Union Village? Um, I like, we like going out to eat. <laughs> yeah. I've heard that uh, there's a basketball court that's in the works. Um, is that fully built? Yeah, it's a pad out back. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you enjoy doing any of those types of activities with your, your friends here? Or I could ask, what is your favorite place, what's your favorite restaurant to eat at? To be honest with you, I'm going to go with Stampede Steakhouse. Stampede Steakhouse. All I'm right. not familiar with that one. Is that a local steakhouse? Or oh, yeah. yeah. It's the best. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite food, I think, is Asian food. I'll literally go to any um. Asian restaurant. Um, and what would you tell someone who's thinking about moving to the Union Village, but they're unsure if they're going to like it or not, what would you tell them? I would tell them that it's a good program to be involved with. And they will like living at Union Village. I think they would like living at Union Village as well. And uh, I think they would probably make friends with you pretty quick, especially if they're into Alabama football. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Mr. Simon. I appreciate you giving us some time this morning. I apologize it took a little bit of time to get you um, you know, in here in the meeting, but uh, thank yes. you very much for everything. Yes, sir. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you think someone should know about the Union Village? Mm. I think we covered everything. Yeah, I think we, I think so too. Well, thank you once again, and I'll go ahead and I'm gonna unhook that microphone that's on your lanyard. Yes, sir. Right here. And then I can go ahead and open up the door behind you, and I can lead you out if you would like. Or you can, you can use your stick. success stories um, from right here at the Union Village. Uh, we have Mr. Mrs. Barbara Price and then Mr. Jacob Simon. Um, now, I didn't ask, I don't know if I asked Mrs. Price how long she's been here, but Mr. Simon said two years. Yeah, Barbara's been here. Um, I think Barbara's been with this program um, probably about three, about three or four years, I believe. Um, she was one of our, she didn't, yeah, I would say about three or four years. Uh, Jacob uh, was a little shy, and I'll, I'll tell yeah. you, he, he's actually one of my former students. Um, he went to the Alabama School for the Blind. Uh, like he said, he's from Mobile, and Jacob's story is, is really awesome. Um, he was born with uh, retoblastoma, which is cancer in the eyes. And so he had, um, through his journey, he, he is um, a living, breathing testimony of God's goodness. Um, Jacob had both eyes removed, um, had numerous surgeries, um, and 
if if you ever check him out on Facebook, you can see his story. He really is a, a true testimony of God's goodness. Came to the blind school, had both eyes removed. Um, he he built um, dealt with. Uh, he went through Children's Hospital a lot of times during through their cancer uh, program, um, taking treatments, and um, he really uh, he just just living a life without limits. He went to the E.H. Gentry facility, graduating, completed that program. He then got a job at the Industries for the Blind where he works in the broom department, uh, living the life that he wants. And um, he's he started out at Union Village and he um, stayed in Gabby Cottage for a couple of um, couple of months, I think he might have been a year, but as soon as we had a, an opening, a tiny home, he jumped on it. He knew he wanted and, his own and, place. And he, he was in there and he, he pays his own bills. He He's a very successful and I'm very proud of him. He's a very successful young man. I'm very proud. Yeah, you can tell he's very proud of himself and all that he's accomplished oh, as yeah. well. Uh, that comes through, I think, a lot um, in his living environment. You know, yeah. It's very clean there and it's everything that he wants um, and he can do it you know, on his own. Yeah. So those are two great stories there. I really appreciate um, the, our guests sharing those. So we'll take a step back and just talk about, I hear housing a lot. I hear it quite often from individuals and parents. Um, why is housing so important? Mr. Little, if you would start there. Um, well, so um, housing is important, very important. Um, so let, let's put it in a natural perspective. If you think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, okay, you've got that, you know, that little pyramid and you've got these different rings on the pyramid, the bottom pyramid, um, that big part talks about your physiological things, those things like food, uh, clothing, shelter. Uh, the next one moving up would be um, that sense of longing and belonging and love. And then you move on up to self-esteem. Well, here at Union Village, we cover those three basic rings of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We provide you a safe, accessible, and affordable place. And then the next one moves up is feeling um, that that sense of longing and belonging. And uh, I'm sorry, I missed it up. It is um, I forgot securities in there. So bottom is your food, clothing, shelter. Moving up is your security, and then it's that love and feeling of belonging. That's what Union Village covers. We provide a safe, accessible, and affordable place. Um, you feel secure, just like you saw the um, you saw the security guards coming through and checking in on you, and staff being here. Uh, and then the next one is that sense of belonging, that community aspect. So when you think about that, we cover three out of the five ones of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And so for individuals who are um, deaf and blind, addressing those basic things there is very unique. Yeah. And um, it's like you can't get to the finer things in life that you were talking about, love, um, being in that community, if you're constantly worrying about where you're going to lay your head that night. Um, and so those building blocks, it's almost like Jenga. You try and you're going to topple <laughs> over if you don't have a solid base. Oh, yeah. And that starts with, you know, having that security. Um, having that place where you know you're, you're going to be safe at night, that that's going to be there long term for you. And that provides the opportunity for you to continue growing on that Maslow's hierarchy, you know, and the end goal, feeling loved, being loved, mm -hmm. um, having this community in this sense here. Um, and you guys are providing that from the ground up, starting with the hardest part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, why do you think housing is so scarce and hard to find? So we know housing is important. Mm -hmm. So why isn't it being taken on a, on a big scale? 
Well, I would say that um, just that accessibility piece for, okay, so if you think about an individual going back, um, a lot of people with, uh, with disabilities, I mean, you can look it up on Google. Um, it is, it's proven th through research that individuals with disabilities are, are often underemployed um, or either they have no employment at all you know, or they're in subpar working environments. And so when you don't have income to afford a nice home or, or, a, or, a, or a big apartment in the sky, you know, yeah. then, you know, you're in a bad situation. So I think income has a, has a big piece to deal with that. Um, here with our partnership with the home, we're able to provide employment opportunities for folks uh, and great experiences. Uh, AIDB gives to employment. We even have employers work here, for example, um, just some of the, the collaboration about a year ago, we partnered with EH Gentridge facility. Um, they have a work experience program. We have a couple of their students come over here who get uh, work experience working in our, our grounds crew, uh, landscaping, painting, general maintenance, those aspects. They take those work skills and then they can go out and get them a job. Well, that job then transfers to money, yep. which transfers to, okay, I can afford a really nice place to live. So I, in my opinion, I think just income really affects your ability. Um, things are going up. I mean, no need for us to, this morning, I, I got gas $3 and 49 cents a gallon. Yeah. No, I'm feeling it. A so, little bit. so imagine if, if the gas prices are going up rent, bread, milk, all these other things, a person with disability who has, i.e. a fixed income, well, then you have a smaller margin of money to work with. Yeah. So um, I, in my opinion, I think it really has to deal with income. And so by partnering with the home, we have um, affordable housing and we're able to meet that need and um, and just work with work with people where they are. Yeah, and so it, you, that almost starts, it sounds like, really about 14, I think, maybe 16, when you can start to receive those employment services from organizations. Yeah. Um, and, and so start, just like high school and college, you, you gotta get your education and get a job so you can afford to you know, yeah. rent a place or buy a place. Yeah. Uh, so I, th I, like, I like how you loop that back in there, like it's, it's not like somebody's just going to come and be like, here, necessarily, here's a house for free. You have to work for it. And you have to be ready to for the opportunity to work. And that starts in your teenage years, yeah. you know, working on transitioning out of the school system, working on getting a job, those kinds of things. And that's what you want later in life. You start early. Starting yeah. early always helps. That's one thing that we that I love about our partnership here at the home is that we we have to have those conversations because AIDB's agency, we're an education and rehabilitation agency. So we're not just here to um, to just do handouts. You yeah. know, we're here to help people and train. Sometimes we have to sit down and have tough conversations with someone and say, well, hey, look, you know, your your program fees, you're falling behind. How can we help you? Because we want to hold them accountable. Because if you if you just don't hold people accountable, you know, we don't learn. And yeah. so we've got to train. Now, there is a balance between, you know, just, you know, being, um, you know, you know, being too passive about it, but you, you know, you also have compassion. And so that's part of our partnership is that, you know, in those weekly meetings, we sit down and we'll say, well, who's struggling? Okay. Well, so-and-so they, they're, they're struggling. So we'll sit down and we'll talk to them and counsel them through case management and say, okay, well, here's what you need to do anywhere else. You probably wouldn't get that type of, yeah. um, support, 
you know, imagine if you were living in an apartment somewhere and you were struggling to pay your, your money, I'm sure your landlord would be like, okay, you got to get out of here. Yeah, there's somebody that's Yeah, there's somebody else. Yeah. But our partnership, we're able to, you know, that's that wraparound and support services. That's part of a supportive housing model is to sit down and say, okay, look, you're, you're, you're missing this mark. Here's what we're going to do to help you get back on track. Yeah, go ahead. So I would say, you know, so yes, we're the landlord, we're the, the owner, but I would say we're one with heart, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, we're faith based, you yeah. know, and so, you know, part of our calling now is because it, you know, these affordable rents are again, helping us take care of children, but at the same time, you know, we totally realize that from our perspective, that this is ministry. That's right. Okay. And so, um, so when someone's struggling, um, yes, there's got to be accountability and the learning and all that. So what we do is we work yeah. with our partner and you try to work through that instead of yeah, you're that's out. Not that's not, that's, that's not, not how we we're going to operate. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it, it really works really beautifully. Yeah. And I like the kind of the two ways there is the accountability, um, but it's also a growth opportunity Absolutely. and out of that confidence comes. Right. Yeah. So the accountability has to be there like, Hey, we got to work on this thing. Um, but it's a growth opportunity for you and this will help you later in life. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Um, I'm going to skip around a little bit here, but are there any upcoming events that you guys would like to shout out that people could attend in person or online? Well, so, um, we have a really exciting event next week. Um, so we're going to be doing a groundbreaking for uh, one of our tiny homes um, that we received a grant from the city of Talladega. You know, and, and, and this city has totally embraced those with disabilities, in particular blind, deaf, and deafblind. Um, as just being, a, there's never a time I go to Regions Bank or somewhere like that and there's not someone in line with me that is in one of those categories. And so uh, it, it's just a city that's really, you know, welcomed and working hard to try to make it better. Mm. Uh, but they gave us a $50,000 grant and so we're going to be able to build another tiny home and uh, that tiny home is going to be matched up with a tiny home that was um, partially funded by Regions Foundation. Mm -hmm. So we already had a groundbreaking for Regions, and then we're now having a groundbreaking uh, March the 10th at, I believe it's, it's 2 p.m., um, and just celebrating the excitement. Um, and uh, we've, we've received some additional grants, and so we're going to be able to talk about those uh pretty soon yeah um but right now we're really focused on celebrating this partnership with the city um which has now enabled uh, some additional growth to happen yeah so that groundbreaking is happening next week it is <clears throat> anybody that wants to come is welcome to come it's open to the public it is open to the public and food and refreshments uh light yeah <laughs> <laughs> some water there um but i will tell you that i mean so of course um, you know, we will speak, uh, AIDB, AIDB will speak, uh, the, the city, um, city manager, president of city council, the mayor, uh, but our keynote speaker is Graham Sisson, which oh, obviously, yeah. you know, executive director of the governor's office on disability. Yeah. So we're very excited to have that, you know, uh, you know, 
for him to come in, I mean, and that level of you know support from Montgomery um, to keynote. Yeah. I imagine he'll be on time. He's got a pretty fast car. Oh, yeah. He does have a fast car. <laughs> it's a really cool car. Oh, yeah. it's it is fast and it cool. It's cool. like the Batman, Batmobile. Oh, yeah. No <laughs> doubt. Um, Mr. Little, is there, are there any uh, upcoming events that you'd like to highlight? Absolutely. Here at, um, you know, on our programming, we want to continue to advocate and share information about, our, uh, about Union Village. So in late April, we are planning an open house, uh, an opportunity to invite the public out to come and tour our program and, and encourage people to apply for, our, um, for units that we have available. Uh, we tried to do this in the past, but unfortunately, you know, we had some, you know, it was a pandemic and then the rain, you know, so you always have to work around God's schedule. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah so, we plan and he's like, oh, that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're working around God's schedule, but um, we're planning um, some time in April to do an open house and just invite people out, do a tour of the facility, talk and meet some of our, um, our residents and just encourage people to apply. So this is not an upcoming event but just a flashback um so for the first time we had a union village uh float for the christmas parade oh, in really? talladega yeah. and, and that that's good the christmas parade is a really big deal in talladega yes, everybody is, comes huh? and it, you just i mean it's ours and so uh, we were really excited to to work with dante and we had uh, i wish we had a picture of that right now uh, uh, <laughs> throw it up on screen it, it didn't have a um we had a was it blowing we had bubbles. bubbles we had um i think it was a snowman yeah it's a snowman or was it santa claus can't remember if it's no it was a snowman it's a snowman inflatable snowman we had bubbles like we the, the willy wacker kind of thing yes it was awesome we had music and uh, i've got to say that our float was uh, was jamming. We should have won. Oh yeah, we should have yeah, won. Are we they were, like judging? We, it? We, oh, yeah. oh yeah, but I think the judges were a little what biased. Come out <laughs> <the schools? laughs> uh, we did that, and then I, I guess sometime in the fall we had our luau. Mm -hmm. um, so that was in our gym. Yeah. And then, but it was all focused on Union Village, and you know, and we had you know Mark Lucas, who you recently interviewed. Yep. So he had the drum circle and Very and cool. all that going on, and then we had uh, I guess because it was Hawaii and we had Hawaiian pizza as mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. one of the things. But, you know, we had the hula skirts and, you know, we just had a great time. And they so enjoyed it. I mean, everybody enjoyed it. Yeah. Your, your kids enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, We're all about family here. Yeah, we really are. I'm going to have to see that flow. You guys are going to have to send me a picture of that eventually. <laughs> um, what would you recommend people do more often? Um, I was... Okay, I, I would say from, from my um, aspect, I would just tell people to, um, you know, from the program aspect, we want to make sure that we serve, AIDB served 30,000, over 30,000 individuals with, uh, with disabilities last year um, through our network of regional centers and through our five campus programs. Um, I believe that there are more than 30,000 individuals in this state who have deafness and blindness or who have vision or hearing loss. Um, so I would encourage people to just, if you know someone who needs support services, reach out to AIDB, check out our AIDB website, www.aidb.org, um, and then locate a regional center that's near you and, um, just get some help because we're out here to serve people. So yeah. that's, that's make what that, I encourage people to do more. Make that first step, make that first call. Absolutely. So I would say, you know, I guess in a broader sense, I mean, you know, um, whether it's someone that's blind, deaf, or, or uh, homeless, um, at risk. I mean, 
you want to be an advocate, you know, you, you know, and step step into the situation and try to find those services, you know, help them so ultimately they can been able to you know, give them all they they need, but connect them to services. Yeah, you know, and um, I give it a quick success story. I had a longtime friend reach out to me, and uh, she was in a very rural section of South Alabama with a grandchild with um, in need of early intervention, and 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 it spent a lot of time in Children's Hospital and all of that, and. So I connected them to your regional center. Is it in Dothan? Uh-huh. Yeah. So, and they just jumped on it immediately. And so, um, and, and they're just over, they're just so thrilled to have the help that, you know, um, I'm not sure that they, you know, rural areas. It's tough to it's very provide tough. services. It, it, it is, you know, and they're so focused on the care of their baby that you know they're not it's it's just hard to be able to then kind of okay now i need to take a find take a step and so forth and so it's just sometimes it's just being a friend and just you know i knew that all i needed to do was connect them with aidb and life was going to be incredibly better um something just reminded me of like working in your business versus working on your business like when they're taking care of that child it's very hands-on but sometimes you have to take a step back and go i'm going to need help here soon i need to reach out to these services and get connected and i've met um, families that you know are in dire straits a couple years after high school um, the family's all living under one roof and it's becoming very chaotic and they're at wit's end and they're saying we need help and you know the first thing is well you know, did you use transition services or you have to get plugged into these services? These are kind of your lifeline here. These things are set up for you. These things are created for you, but you got to get plugged into the system and you got to somehow there. just rise above the situation in order to get the services so that then um, they're going to be able to, to grow and, 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 and move out of really, um, an overwhelming situation. Um, second to last question here. Uh, are there people or organizations you'd like to shout out who have made your journey, your journey so far fun and engaging life? So is there anybody specific, uh, people or organizations that you would personally like to say, I'd like to give a thanks to this person? Mr. Little, if you'd like to start. Well, um, I definitely want to give a shout out to um, our president, Dr. John Massia, uh, and his support. Uh, definitely without his support and his vision, we wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't have this um, and just, you know, having a heart for people. We often call him the people's president yeah. because people's he's champ, the, yeah, <laughs> the people's president. That's what we call yeah, him. So he, so. Yeah. So he, he uh, definitely give a shout out to him and then to my boss, Carla Smith, who, who's also just been phenomenal with helping this program to develop. But really and truly, when it gets down to the, the nuts and bolts today in and day out, it's my team of staff, like I mentioned earlier. Um, my program supervisor, case managers, resident managers, my maintenance techs, uh, aides, case management aides, all those folks, they, they really make this program what it is. And so, um, and I, I really want to give a shout out to them and to their families because, you know, like I said, this requires a lot of commitment. We serve nine counties in Talladega, but we also have this program here. So it is a huge undertaking. And sometimes your families are like, you got to go there late at night, yeah. you know, <laughs> you, it's bad weather. You got to go. So, I mean, it, it, 
when you're in, you're in, and your family's got to be supportive of you. So I really want to give a shout out to all those folks. Thank you for sharing that, Mr. Marshall. All right, sure. Um, so I want to give a shout out to um, Bud Kitchen. He is the director of operations. So he works side by side with Dante, and he would normally be here, but he is on a Zoom call with builders with respect to the tiny homes that are about to go under construction. So we kind of multitask here at the home. And so, um, but he works very hard uh, and his team with Dante to help provide this very special place. Big shout out to my team overall. I mean, I feel like Amira just reflecting their compassion and professionalism in our calling um, to children and families. And then lastly, but not least, um, you know, the journey. So the journey that led me to the home, well, it, it did go through Energen, Allegasco, which is now Spire, United Ability, Alabama Family Trust. So, you know, all of those places helped prepare me in this role. And, you know, with respect to Union Village, working at United Ability as their CFO and the Alabama Family Trust, Special Needs Trust as their CFO, uh, created within me that, well, there, there, there's a permanent place in my heart that's reserved for those with a disability so, you know, yes, I'm called to at-risk and homeless children and families. That's, that's why I'm here. But it's really cool to be able to, to be in this other world. Yeah. And, and, and so uh, clearly I credit, you know, AIDB for helping me learn so much and, and, and we be able to accomplish, you know, what we're doing together. But uh, shout out to United Ability and, and the Alabama Family Trust for kind of helping prepare the way for me. Kind of fostering that, mm -hmm. that value there. Um, and as we close up, <clears throat> if an individual with a disability or their family members only remembered one thing from our conversation today, what would it be, Mr. Little? All right, so I'm going to close out. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a preacher, so I'm going to close out my favorite scripture, which is Psalms 133. It says, um, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Um, that's what we're creating is um, a good, pleasant, and a unified place here at Union Village. I like the feeling there. I feel like people can instantly be like, I want to be a part of that. Mr. Marshall. I would say we have the safe, secure, affordable, permanent, supportive housing for deaf, blind, deaf, blind. It's here. It's going to continue to grow. Um, and if someone has that need or they have someone in their life that has that need of being able to uh, live like Jacob wants to live then AIDB, get in touch with them or get in touch with it, us and then we will connect. I mean, however it happens, but don't forget it's here and it's for beyond Talladega. It's available. It's available right now. And I feel like 
maybe some kids that are in middle school or high school wondering what the, uh, where they're going to live after high school, to see this as an opportunity gives a lot of hope. And even to parents that are thinking, my child wants to do, you know, live their own life. What is that going to look like? There, it is available right now. It's going to continue to grow. Get involved with the services and get on the list if you want to be a part of Union Village. Because, you know, you have these individuals across the state that um, many of them are cared for for by aging parents or an aging aunt, yeah. you know, and so there's got to be a, a game plan. Yeah. And so I, you know, so yeah, I guess to, in short, the game plan very likely could be here. Yeah, uh, I appreciate that. I feel like that conversation isn't had till it's way along in that process and someone's sick and can no longer be a caregiver. And now, oh crap, what are we going to do now? Right. Um, so, well, I want to thank you both for spending the morning with us here today. Thank you. Informing thank you. us of everything that you're doing here um, at the Union Village. And uh, we want nothing more than your, your success uh, in, in, the, in, the, in the future here uh, in Talladega and throughout Alabama. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. And at this point, we'll wave at our respective cameras. Uh, you guys will wave at this one. Okay. I'll wave at that one. And we'll say, see you guys, see you uh, guys. next week. See you guys.